Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Nuck If You Buck. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads podcast network, including Cavalier Central, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Blazing the Path, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, The Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, hoop heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast brought to you by the Hoop Heads Podcast Network and hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, as always. Today, I'm coming at you solo again, but I do also have a special segment along for Nuck If You Buck, and if nothing else, special for me, as I figured with, um, you know, uh, going into this week, I saw some lesser uh, opponents uh, compared to the Bucks standards that, of course, we'll get to uh, some game recap as well to review those mixed results against the uh, the less successful opponents that we faced. Um, I thought I would take advantage of the schedule and also uh, this past Wednesday being my 24th birthday and also celebrating Nuck A Few Bucks 24th episode to recap um, some of my own personal top 10 favorite Bucks moments of this current Bucks iteration, basically meaning just in Giannis's history with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, so yeah, without further ado, um, I'm ranking these uh, for 1 to 10, although maybe some of these can shift around a bit and uh, it also may make more sense if I uh, make sure to emphasize that these are my own personal rankings. Some of these may be um, higher up or lower compared to some people, but uh, these are also affected by um, whether or not I was actually in the arena, if I were with people, you know, moments that are are specifically more memorable um, to me versus um, others. So 
without further ado, my first one that I have listed was uh, giving the eventual uh, seven, 73 and 9 Warriors their first loss of the season. This one was especially special for me because uh, I was actually in the Bradley Center for that game uh, with my boy B, who's been on the podcast before. Um, and that was just an enormous amount of fun because the Bucks, of course, at that point, had a little bit of lower standards just for themselves and winning. So it was much bigger for them to take home that victory against uh, one of the best teams of all time. A little more special for them then than it would be now. Um, and then also just the excitement, of course. Uh, you know, be, being a little more hydrated than usual, me and my friend Bradley were, and we definitely... Um, Got to enjoy the sweet victory and we're, we're a little more obnoxious and yelling at some of the bandwagon fans in the Bradley Center, but don't worry, we weren't kicked out or anything. It was, uh, it was, uh, still cordial, but, uh, maybe we weren't, uh, maybe we were a bit of sore winners that day, but so be it. I am still a little bit, uh, bitter myself about the fact that I posted a fan sign back when the starters were still on NBA TV and they were sharing fan signs, but, um, but that's okay. I'm trying to get over that myself. I don't think it's the first time I've brought that up on this podcast either, but, um, but hopefully, hopefully the no dunks, the no dunks, then starters crew will repay me with a visit on Nuck if you buck, or, uh, perhaps make my dream come true and have me come on no dunks. But, um, until then I'll carry on for, what I have ranked second, and it was uh, when Giannis had a an incredibly um, clutch steal uh, against C.J. McCollum um, in a regular season game not long after his father's passing, where uh, Giannis also posted his then-career-high 44 points, of course, stripping C.J. McCollum, um, an incredible ball handler in his, old, in his own right uh, late in the game, and then bringing it coast to coast for the slam. And after the game, he also uh, shared a post of him with the game ball and writing on on the ball. Uh, this one's for you, Daddy. Um, we got the win. I also scored 44 points. And then uh, that game is also memorable for me because I think the next season then uh, was Bucks for Bud's first year with the Bucks, where... Um, the Bucks won 143 to 100 against the Portland Trail Blazers, who had beaten us in a close match before. But this was kind of the beginning of the Bud era when everyone was still excited about regular season success. And I remember uh, also watching this with Bradley, but uh, back up, back up in their uh, attic at the old Kramer house. And uh, I, rem- I remember um, maybe also being a little hydrated then. But um, myself and maybe Bradley. Uh, yelling that that hey this team actually has a chance to win a championship we haven't got there yet but of course we have many more Giannis seasons coming up uh to uh make that dream come true uh then third one down for me again top of this list kind of revolves around my own personal memories of being able to to witness the game and share it with uh share it with some of my best friends this one was uh uh, going to a Bucks game, one of my first games in the Fiserv form. This might have been the first game that I went to at Fiserv with uh, my own tickets. So, um, 
excuse me. <clears throat> wow. Well, my voice can already be going on this podcast, but either way, this was my first game, I think, at Fiserv, um, not being in Bradley's uh, season tickets, because I remember uh, my friend Andy and I were, were way high up in what would be the nosebleeds, but that was kind of a testament to me of how amazing this new arena was, in, in which there was really no bad seat in the house. We had we were at the very top row in in the crowded Pfizer Forum when that was still safe, and the Bucks pulled out a victory against the Celtics, um, in which Chris Middleton hit a hit a clutch three with around twenty seconds left in the face of Al Horford. And we also uh, snuck away with Kyrie Irving missing, um, missing a, a real a real close shot uh, in or around the paint himself to close the game. So that was a really lucky win, and then that kind of foreshadowed also the Bucks with their uh, with their uh, first uh, what would it be their first Eastern Conference semifinal series victory against the Celtics. In which the Celtics were actually the ones who were imploding. I think this would be Kyrie Irving's last year because I remember there being uh, a lot of hate for him out there and just you know kind of his execution to the game for for whatever reason taking it upon himself to check Giannis. Although that's a terrible matchup for clear reasons. And uh, yeah, so just just the fact that that it was a little selfish of him to to. Um, you to take his own personal matchup above the team's matchup and the team's well-being. Um, yeah, definitely also showed the demise of the Boston Celtics, who had who had beaten us, if not uh, the year before, two years before, when the Bucks were still trying to get out of the first round. So that was a really sweet victory and series victory to bring us to our first conference final since 2001. After our first semifinal win since 2001. <laughs> And uh, although that series, I'm not putting as a as a huge memory, because uh, or a memory that I that I like to recall, given the result. Um, I remember. I just also remember the excitement of of the fact that that we were going to the conference finals. And that was huge for us. Uh, next down the list um, was uh, Giannis's uh, now. Yeah, his still his career high of 52 points against the 76ers on Easter. This was the famous game when. When uh, Giannis uh, dunked all over Ben Simmons after putting him under the rim, Ben Simmons now a Defensive Player of the Year candidate, and yelling that he's an effing baby. I remember watching this on Easter with my family, and uh, uh, again one of these moments where I'm a little too animated for a for a for a family event, but uh, everyone understands uh, that I that I get pretty excited, especially when the Bucks are experiencing success. Um, of course, later on, the I think it was then the following Christmas was when we got, uh, yeah, we got blown up, blown out on that Christmas day game against the Sixers, but that was an incredibly sweet, uh, victory for the Bucks. Sweet for me, of course. And then another favorite moment for me, this is one of the most iconic Giannis, Giannis moments for myself, but I, I don't particularly have a have um hmm, what's weird i don't i guess i just don't have as much of a sentimental attachment because i don't remember exactly where i was at the moment i saw this but just the 
the uh, the sheer emotion of Giannis after crossing over Tabo Cephalosha from the three-point arc and then dunking all over Rudy Gobert after his half t- half contest to close the game. This is after Rudy Gobert had won at least one defensive player of the year. And uh, and it was always really satisfying to me whenever, um, not, to, not to sound like Shaq here, but um, I always loved when the when the compilations would be passed around of, of Giannis uh, having his way with Rudy Gobert after Rudy Gobert won his uh, I think it was at least two consecutive defensive players players of the year but um, but yeah that's that's just one of one of my favorite 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 Giannis moments as well uh, obviously the play itself uh, Giannis showing his entire uh, package on offense uh but also his emotion after the game just his his joy for the game is incredibly infectious for a fan like myself and a huge reason why i'm here today so a bit of sentimental value there i suppose next down the line is chris's 51 point game i believe this would be last season yeah last season where uh missed Missed a game in February against the Wizards. Obviously not the toughest uh, toughest opponents, but it took a Chris Middleton 51-point outing. And then a rare uh, Chris Middleton uh, drive drive through lame and slam in traffic from the Brooks screen. Um, and yeah, this one I just find particularly, particularly memorable for that one moment of Chris uh, showing his athleticism and determination to get to the rack and finish with authority, but also his career high being in that same game. So, um, and then again, another Chris moment for me that I had was, was his game winner against the heat. This might be the oldest memory on this list. We'll see if that proves true as I move forward. But this one against the heat was, um, with that, let's see, it was Jason Kidd's first or second year as a coach where we actually had uh, plenty of respectable veterans around um, the around uh, Giannis in his earlier years because um, Jared Bayless, of all people, uh, won a jump ball against Michael Beasley, who was on the heat again at this time. And then Bayless would end up with the ball again after Brooke recovered Bayless's tip. And then Bayless drives to the, drives to the rack. It's a good look, but... Obviously, size disadvantage there, so he misses it. But Zaza recovers it, falling out of bounds, and somehow throws it overhead from the baseline to Giannis, or not Giannis, Chris behind the three-point arc who knocks it home. Uh, there was another um, waved-off game winner that season that's particularly memorable, memorable against the Suns where Giannis inbounds it into Chris who, who uh, puts up a three from the corner. Might sound familiar to some Bucks fans from that next Nets game recently, but uh, this one actually goes in. But it was after the buzzer. Uh, Chris has a quick little pump fake in there, but I think he would have missed it even if he had put it up right away. But that's only missing the buzzer is what I mean, because it was cool for him to make a late shot just like that, and it kind of was help helping build uh, the respect for Chris Middleton around the league uh, that he could be a closer. Uh, although some people still don't don't believe that he's a true number two, but I mean that's that's a personal problem if you don't think Chris Middleton's at that point yet. Um, another uh, new player on here beyond uh, 
beyond Chris and Giannis, of course, naturally those two uh, take up the majority on this list, but uh, a rookie Mal- Malcolm Brogdon showing off uh, showing off kind of his sneaky athleticism, I'll say. Um, maybe I want to take that back, but uh, who cares? Uh, in the same game, uh, rookie Malcolm Brogdon dunked on both uh, Kyrie Irving and just a straight line drive to the lane, but also LeBron James of all people with a reverse dunk using using the basket to shield him. Um, this this I recall dearly because it was one of those early matchups. I believe Jabari Parker would have still been on this team. I thought I saw from the from the highlights when I was rewatching it this morning. But um, you know those those matchup matchups against the Cavs when they still ran the Eastern Conference were were incredibly meaningful for the Milwaukee Bucks as they were still uh, coming of age, if you will. And uh, so, yeah, Malcolm Brogdon having having those two huge plays in the same game against an uh, incredibly f- formidable opponent in uh, that version of the Cleveland Cavaliers was huge. I also saw that season he, he dunked on uh, both Bam Adebayo and... Well, this wasn't that season because Bam was likely still at Kentucky or in high school. But uh, a season or two later in the same game, Malcolm Brogdon dunked on both Bam Adebayo and Hassan Whiteside. In the same play, he had just snuck, I'll say it again, past both of them, um, which might be, hard, might be hard to believe me just telling you this now. But I promise you, if you look it up for yourself at those old highlights, you'll... you'll uh, Perhaps, perhaps believe me a little more in that. So, shout out Malcolm Brogdon. Too bad he's not on, he's not on this team. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy with with the roster that we have have now, despite a couple of these most recent losses that I'll get to shortly. Uh, last couple points on this list: we have a Giannis Antetokounmpo um, uh, lob off the bounce from a Steph Curry in. Let's see, this wasn't this past All-Star game in 2020, but I believe it was the 2019 All-Star game when Steph bounced it off the ground and it seemed like Giannis had reached reached in the heavens to recover the ball. Um, his arm was probably off the screen when he grabbed it. I thought it was just an impossible play to execute, but he did. And it was, as far as just excluding any like sentimental value, remembering where I was, when uh when this play happened this was definitely uh one of my favorite Giannis moments by far even though it doesn't there wasn't a true bucks victory to be had in this one just another display of Giannis's out of this world talent and last but not least on this list i thought i would just give another shout out to uh Eric Bledsoe and Wesley Matthews defense on James Harden this this past year or so um First one I recall was from not last year, but the season before. So no Wes Matthews, but it was um, it was kind of the point where teams. I don't know if the if the Bucks were first to do this. It might have actually been Ricky Rubio uh, and the Utah Jazz who realized that that it might be beneficial to take away Harden's uh, step back to the left and uh, kind of trail him a bit while remaining uh, right on. Right on his right on his hip, but not too far behind to be able to recover in front of him. Eric Bledsoe, the first time around, uh, used that in this effort to hold Harden to only 23 points. Yes, I'm saying only 23 points, and that's in respect to James Harden, which is 
which is a huge win um, for Eric Bledsoe in the individual matchup, but it led to a victory for the Milwaukee Bucks. And uh, Eric Bledsoe, with a little bit of help, of course, held Harden to only one of nine shooting in that game. I also recall watching this game with a few friends, a few old friends at the time. So a little bit more sentimental value there. Um, don't exactly, I, I can picture where I was, but I can't think of the actual bar we were watching it at when uh, when that all was still kosher. But um, I also have the shout out to Wes in here because um, num- another memorable moment of the Bucks playing exceptional defense on Harden came from this past year with uh, with uh, Bledsoe and Wes, uh, probably more so uh, Wes since, of course, there was Russ and Harden on the Rockets at this point. Um, so Blood was probably more preoccupied with Russell, but Wes, uh, more than anyone else, held Harden to only 19 points, 2 of 13 uh, shooting from the field, 1 of 8 from the three-point line, but he ended up 14 of 14, of course, from the free-throw line. So that's how he was somehow still... Uh, near 20 points with those uh, atrocious uh, splits besides the, f- the free throw shooting but but yeah that would have been incredible to have to have Wes on this roster still but still definitely some fond memories of him there the, the Wisconsin native um, so yeah that's it. that is my uh, short top 10 lists of my own <laughs> personal favorite Bucks moments of this Bucks iteration with Giannis that I can recall. Of course, let me know if there's something something clearly that I missed that should have been on this list, even though it's totally subjective and dependent on uh, my own emotional attachment. But you can let me know at uh, NBA. you just the letter U on Twitter, Instagram, or email me at NuckIfYouBuckThePod at gmail.com, U is Y-O-U. Uh, if uh, you are so inclined to shoot me a, shoot me an email, but uh, at this point, I think it would be appropriate to get into a little bit of game recap here. Uh, like I had mentioned, I wanted to do that that little special because I thought these games would be largely insignificant and hopefully some easy wins for the Bucks, but that would not uh, prove uh, true. As uh, since we last recorded, the Bucks were only one. A two, one, one and two after facing the uh, Raptors, Pelicans, and uh, Hornets. I thought the toughest of opponents of those three, the Raptors, um, they were actually the the sole victory of the week that we were able to take home. Uh, the Bucks ended up winning uh, one fifteen to one hundred eight in Giannis's first visit to Tampa. I'm sure some of you have seen his interview of Giannis. Uh, Self-proclaiming him, himself as old and weird seems <laughs> uh, interesting of him to him to say that about himself as he's still only like what twenty six maybe um, someone who just turned twenty four like I said along with Dante Divincenzo who turned twenty four today um, January thirty first twenty twenty one as of recording um, so shout out Dante Divincenzo. I know some of you might be thinking, how the heck are Dante and I in the same city of Milwaukee and not best friends considering how much we, I'm assuming both love the Milwaukee Bucks. So I'll be working on getting him on the pod and who knows if I play my cards right, maybe I'll be part of that entourage. 
certainly another dream of mine. But nonetheless, funny of Giannis there to, to consider himself old, but he's definitely accomplished more than more than many of us could dream of in a lifetime. So I could see him feeling that way, feeling a bit more aged and wise. But nonetheless, Bucks were able to take home this sole victory of the week against the Raptors in Tampa. OG Ananobi was out of this game with a calf injury. Bucks had the usual suspects starting, and then the Raptors rolled out their starting lineup of Van Vliet, Lowry, Norman Powell, Siakam, and Aaron Baines. Uh, broadcast shared a couple, um, let's see, a couple very interesting stats at the, at the, at the get-go saying that eight Bucks entering the game were shooting uh, 35% or above from, from the three-point line. Also, just as far as our Eastern Conference competition goes, uh, no Eastern Conference team at all had had more than a two-game winning streak at all this season. That was a bit tough for me to believe at the time, and I'll admit I hadn't fact-checked it, but um, I mean, I trust the broadcast. If they're throwing it on on TV and it's not TNT, I'll, I'll take it for a fact. Um, something that I didn't realize at the time would, would not be... Uh, would not be independent of this game alone was early on uh, Brooke earned a technical for uh, of course having some words for the Milwaukee Bucks um, but then uh, also early on in this game was Giannis catching a lob from uh, from Chris Middleton at the three point line to immediately uh, dunk all over Aaron Baines on the oop so we, we gotta love Giannis staying on brand there and uh, baptizing Aaron Baines, but shout out Aaron Baines too for still contesting that. Uh, gotta love a guy still doing his best to to to, to deter shots at the rim. Um, and then we're seeing some similar rotations um, here, staggering our starters. Dante being subbed out uh, first for Augustine. And then uh, seeing a little more uh, early Tory Craig uh, as he comes in for for Giannis later on. Bobby Portis is also thrown in there at some point. Um, then, yeah, I mean, just, just more staggering. Pat would also eventually come in for Drew Holiday late in the first quarter, and then uh, which led to a Chris plus bench unit and then eventually a Giannis plus bench unit, which is a... Uh, Fairly common from from Bud, which makes sense to to give the starters a bit of a breather after after some fast starts of what we'd hoped to see following a couple disappointments this week. But uh, but yeah, we definitely also saw more of Pat Condon in the next couple games, which I'll share my thoughts on. Some of you might be guessing it's it's maybe all negative thoughts on Pat Condon, but that won't be the case. But we'll get into that more later. Um. Starting the second quarter, the Bucks rolled out a another. Um, well, I guess this isn't quite Giannis plus bench unit, but it was interesting. Giannis with four, um, with four guards or wings to start the second quarter. That's uh, DJ, Augustine, Bryn Forbes, Dante Divincenzo, Pat Connaughton, and Giannis to start start the second quarter. Uh, the broadcast also shared that Giannis is third in the NBA in free throw attempts, um, but unfortunately his Free throw percentages have decreased each of the last uh, three or four seasons. 
something that probably is not shocking at all for listeners, but but hopefully hopefully that'll be an interesting fact for you to hold on to and to to monitor as hopefully we see some improvements of the line from Giannis. Kyle Lowry in this game drew two charges in the second quarter alone, but the Bucks uh came out of a Mike Budenholzer timeout uh on a seven and run with a lineup of uh Drew, Bryn, Chris, Giannis, and Brooke. Bobby Portis would then come in for Giannis, and then uh later in that quarter, Chris and Norman Powell will get into it. Um face to face, um arguing definitely the most animated I had seen Chris Middleton and maybe um with the only exception of when uh Blake Griffin uh bumped Giannis when he was still on the ground in the 2019 uh Eastern Conference first round. Um of course that was nothing, no fight broke out, but you definitely saw saw a more energized Chris Middleton really getting into it and physical with Norman Powell, but but uh but yeah, you know, in rhythm a game, still still no scuffle here. And then Giannis, not Giannis, Chris sprinting to a spot harder than I had seen him uh, all year, it seemed like, and something I would have loved to see more in the 2020 uh, Eastern Conference semifinals it got against the Heat. But um, yeah, the Bucks. then, let's see, still close contest around halftime as uh, then... Van Vliet gets his first basket of the game coming just to start the third quarter. So, um, so yeah, a real um, slow start for Van Vliet there. But then after that basket, Bucks would go on an 8-0 run. And then we would get a huge uh, Dante DiVincenzo uh, poster on uh, uh, Utah. I'm totally going to say this name wrong. I feel terrible. Uh I believe his, his last name is Wananabe, Utah Wananabe. I could be saying that totally wrong. Apologies to him. But um, he got dunked on um, ferociously by Dante DiVincenzo, who had, a, who, who had a pretty big dunk the last game too. But last game, he seemed to have a bit more of a rim grazers dunk, dunk package like myself. Uh, and then this game, he really um, slammed it with authority on, on that Raptors opponent. And then not long after, uh, Dante would be on the receiving end of a of a Kyle Lowry slap, which resulted in a flagrant one. And um, part of me, Giannis, would also... Then after a bit, this time in the, in the fourth quarter, the broadcast announced that Giannis became second in blocks in Bucks history behind, uh, behind uh, Alton Lister, I believed. Uh, part of me, I'm should be correcting my notes here. At this point, he was tied for second because later on in this game, he, in this week, he passed um, another Bucks player, which I'll find in my notes later once I get to the game. But um, Giannis exited this first game of the week um, tied for second uh, behind Alton Lister in the all-time Bucks uh, rankings. Uh, but I'll definitely clarify that later. Um, Giannis was also uh, called for a charge late in the game, but then it was uh, it was successfully challenged as uh, Aaron Baines would then foul out um, with still four and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So not the greatest game there, not the greatest fortune for Aaron Baines, but 
Um, I don't think Raptors fans came into this game thinking <laughs> thinking that that they would uh, they would win or lose based on Aaron Baines' performance, and uh, they definitely didn't in this one as the Bucks came came away with a victory, one fifteen to one hundred eight. But there's definitely uh, mixed results in this week that I will get uh, get into after a word from our sponsors in Thrive Fantasy. If you'll give me a, a moment here, Thrive Fantasy, come prop up. Um, with Thrive Fantasy this season, Thrive Fantasy, the daily fantasy sports app for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in your respective sports, which may be helpful if maybe you're uh, less enthused about the NBA um, in general as I am, and maybe if you're just aware of the Bucks and maybe some of our other uh, toughest opponents. For me, this would be especially effective for the NFL as I'm always a guy asking, asking questions in the game, but but I feel like I know enough to be able to, to throw some props down um, on some of the top NFL players there. way it works is each uh, prop has a fantasy total associated with the over-under based on its likelihood to occur. Uh, the more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is naturally. You rack up the most points to win a share of the player prize pool, which was um, included $2.2 million in prizes awarded since since Thrive Fantasy launched in 2018. There was at least $50,000 guaranteed in prizes for NFL Week 15 and then thousands more uh, since, since the NBA start. In order to take advantage of this, you can use promo code Giannis, that's G-I-A-N-N-I-S. When you sign up today, you'll receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on a deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or the Play Store, or you can uh, take advantage of this by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Now back to the hoops here and some of the disappointing losses that I alluded to earlier. Pardon me as I'm just going off of my scribbled game notes, saving myself some time rather than typing them out like I usually do. But um, in this game, uh, Bucks had the usual suspects starting as usual, but then the Pelicans, of course, had, um, from what I'm aware, um, they're typical starters as well in Eric Bledsoe, Lonzo Ball, uh, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Steven Adams. Um, we'll, we saw uh, DJ Augustine as the first man off the bench here in this game, but taking out Chris this time at only seven minutes in the first quarter. Um, as, uh, Chris definitely had a, had a tough game in this one. I'll share some more stats on his start, but the Bucks in general... Started off with 16 points on 4 of 16 shooting, whereas uh, Familiar Face and Eric Bledsoe actually started off with 16 points himself at the same time his former team had 16 points, but instead of shooting 4 of 16 like the Bucks were, he was 4 of four of 5 at the time and 3 of 4 from 3. And then the Pelicans would end the first quarter on a 12-0 run, and Chris was scoreless at that point in the in the uh, first quarter. Um, then after starting one of six at the time, uh, Chris hit his first shot with only a minute and a half left in the second quarter in which the Bucks were down 45 to 28 at halftime. 
Later on, they would trail by 28 or 29 at one point, which was the biggest deficit they had received or ever had in the first half in the past three seasons. At halftime, the Bucks were 5 of 16 from three, and the Pelicans were uh, 12 of 21. There were four Pelicans in double figures at half, and Eric Bledsoe, Brandon Ingram, Zion, Williams, Zion Williamson, and Josh Hart, uh, whereas there were no Bucks <laughs> in double figures at halftime. I think Giannis was, Giannis was our leader at that time with uh, nine points, but then uh, I should also mention um, old friend of ours, Eric Bledsoe at halftime, had, had already had 17 points along with all the other Pelicans and double figures. But then um, Bucks themselves would go on a run uh, late in the third quarter to close it out. That was 24 to 10, uh, starting with four and a half minutes left in the, in the third quarter. They totaled 44 points overall in the third quarter alone, and that was 28 in the point also for the Bucks after um, after putting up uh, 45 points in the first half, just 45 in the third quarter. So that was encouraging for the Bucks, but they still were uh, had a little bit uh, distance climb themselves out of that huge hole from the first half. Um, Giannis was really um, doing his best to take over with the huge deficit. Um, but he was subbed out with eight minutes left in the four- fourth quarter after bringing the team to within 10. Only only rested for about uh, a 30-second bre- breather. And then uh, Bucks would go on another late run of 11-3. to um, Giannis would would uh, would have a little bit more of some staggered breathers in there. Broadcast had mentioned that he had asked to come out at one point a game before because he was so exhausted. Uh, Giannis, of course, always always going a mile a minute um, when he's out there. So it's understandable, but it's nice to see Bud giving him a little more minutes out there so he's prepared uh, when the stakes are higher. Torrey Craig was one who came in for Giannis at, a, at about uh, four minutes left in the fourth quarter uh, to still maintain some defense so the Bucks could catch up a bit. And then when Giannis returned... This is the block stat that I had to clarify earlier. Giannis had passed uh, Harvey Catchings for second in Bucks history uh, in blocks. At that point in the game, he had tallied uh, a total of 711 in uh, his Bucks tenure. Um, and that's something I had noticed too, which I said I would touch a bit on Pat from these games was he was in instead of Dante with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Normally, I'd be losing my mind, but uh, Pat was in for for a large bit of that Bucks comeback in the third quarter. So I was trying my best to not project my frustration, um, my frustration with Bud in the past on Pat, like a lot of us fans uh, typically do. Um, not to say Pat was solely responsible for that comeback, but um, but who knows? Maybe the switch up of that lineup. Uh, revealed something for the Bucks. I was at least trying to hold on to that hope as the Bucks brought it to a six-point uh, deficit only with a minute left in the fourth, um, which also um, was followed by a huge offensive rebound by Pat Connaughton over, over, um, over the likes of Zion Williamson and Steven Adams. So... Uh, Speaking of sneaky athleticism, before with with uh, with uh, Dante, I promise I won't uh, 
won't make that comment here on Nuck If You Buck, but but of course, you know, I'm inclined to naturally with Pat Connaughton. Um, but yeah, I definitely respect his, his energy and effort that he brings, and that can be um, really useful in crunch time like this. Um, something real frustrating, though, at the end was, was Drew Holiday uh, traveling after driving to the lane, which he was heavily contested, but then he would redeem himself with a huge three. Uh, but that came with only 1.4 seconds left, and the Bucks were still down three. So naturally, the Bucks weren't able to overcome, but uh, they're at least able to uh, finish the game um, on only a five-point loss after that terrible uh, start of the first half. The Pelicans had four uh, four players in with 20 points and more. Ingram with 28. Uh, Alonzo Ball with 27, Eric Bledsoe with 25, and Zion Williamson with 21, whereas Giannis had himself an outing with 38 points, 5 assists, 11 rebounds, 15 of 27 from the field, so still over 50%, uh, 2 blocks and 2 steals. Now, um, going into our second game of the away back-to-back, of course against a less formidable opponent, then the Bucks would typically be concerned about here in the Hornets. Um, you know, um, obviously at the at the end of the game, I was reflecting back on the previous Pel- Pelicans matchup in which uh, kind of added more insult to injury as as it's always tough to play back to back. But then of course when you gotta when you gotta fly um, from from the from the Gulf Coast to the Atlantic to the Atlantic coast in, in less than a day. It definitely, uh, it definitely would have behooved the bucks to take care of business the night before. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, we still expect the bucks to take care, take care of these opponents, no matter what the circumstances. Um, I would have, I would have felt, felt a little better if we had at least won one of these two contests, uh, given the circumstances. But of course that did not come to fruition. Um, Bucks again, lucky enough to have the usual usual suspects out there starting for them. Um, so no excuses there. But the Hornets um, also had a, uh, I believe it was actually a completely clean injury report at the beginning of this game. Fortunately, it would not end like that for the Hornets. But I'll get into that later on down this timeline. Hornets started Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, who's averaging twenty two point nine points on the season. Uh, PJ Washington and Tyler Zeller. Those are their typical starters, I believe. Uh, you might be surprised that Lonzo Ball's coming off the bench, but I think James Brago's been pretty forthright and wanting to see a little more uh, effort and execution on the defensive end from the rookie before he earns that starting spot. Early on, Giannis was teed up for chirping at the refs, and then, like I said earlier from that Raptors game, Brooke Lopez would be teed up for the same thing not long after definitely a theme that I've noticed a lot is is Brooke always always seeming to have some words words for the officials uh for better for better or worse but you know it does get kind of tired especially now me watching these games especially close this season as um compared to the past where I have more of a broad NBA focus um I was telling friends last night that 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 some of this stuff does uh tend to wear on me but 
nevertheless, uh, Bucks did still start 10 and 0, but then then the Hornets would have their own 12-0 run late in the first quarter. Malik Monk, uh, coming off the bench himself, started with 11 points, four fourth from the field, three of three from three, and ended up playing uh, 12 minutes straight from uh, late in the first to late in the second quarter. And Malik, not the only Hornet shooting lights out from three, as the Hornets found themselves with a with a 51 to 31 lead over the Bucks, eerily reminiscent of the night before with that early lead. Um, some other um, rough points were Torrey Craig traveling twice in a row and then Giannis traveling um, for himself. But, um, you know, similar to, to, to the game against the Pelicans, Giannis uh, being able to recognize the need for a sense of urgency here and him, him being him being the, the guy on this team, he was found himself getting, getting to the rim with with uh, ease, uh, displaying a little more aggression than the team had showed in both of these uh, most recent contests, and uh, you know being being a leader by example. And from that aggression, the Bucks found themselves in the bonus with still half of the second quarter to go. Um, Giannis would miss two free throws in a row, including a frustrating air ball, but then. He would end up making four in a row. And then uh, to close out the the half, uh, on the very last play, Terry Rozier uh, twisted an ankle on Dante's foot as everyone w- was rushing down the court to, uh, either in the Horn- Hornets' case, make a last-minute shot, which they didn't end up doing, but came close to Vontae Graham did. Bucks rushing back to, to try to contest it and close out the, the disappointing half on... On a solid note, uh, Terry Rozier twisted an ankle and then ended up leaving with a right angle sprain. So, so hopefully Terry Rozier comes back okay from that. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up missing missing uh, several games moving forward. Um, but yeah, the Bucks were able to again decrease um, disappointing early deficit deficit against um, a. Uh, less daunting opponent in the Hornets to a four-point uh, Hornets lead at half, where uh, Hornets, um, but yeah, the Hornets were, would uh, would keep chugging along there. They continued to to uh, to raise the pace, uh, keep getting out in transition, um, and yeah, and then they would have um, then close out the third quarter themselves um Hornets, that being with a 97 to 94 lead um, at the end of the third quarter with a 7 and 0 run themselves. So, yeah, I guess a four point deficit to a three point deficit for the Bucks. Um, but yeah, run, running out of time to to close the gap completely. We did we did get a pretty big Giannis highlight here with uh, as he blocked a Gordon Hayward dunk attempt. Um, certainly nothing that uh, is totally foreign for us Bucks fans, but uh, still some ground to make up for the Bucks. They started the fourth quarter with uh, um, with um, part of me. I uh, I had I had wrote something uh, silly silly here in my notes, but I believe they had in uh, Pat instead of Dante, kind of a theme again from the game before. Uh, otherwise, all starters, and then. And then the 
Hornets came out in the fourth quarter with Mellow Ball, Devontae Graham, Cody Martin, Miles Bridges, and Cody Zeller. Um, yeah, so again, I'm not going to get too up in arms about Pat getting more important minutes here than Dante because Pat Pat has, has showed some encouraging signs in these tough losses, but I still obviously um, don't want to be seeing Pat closing games ahead of Dante. And uh, I would definitely be upset if uh, if Pat were to take a starting position, but I don't think I should get that. Um, I don't think I should overreact that much at this point. There was one scary moment uh, in the fourth quarter here for Bucks fans in which Giannis came up, up limping and putting little to no, no weight on his right leg, but then he came out right away. It looked like he had just bumped knees uh, driving to the basket, but um, I guess... Um, even though he looked fully fully recovered, he did not look 100% like Giannis as he was postered by none other than Cody Zeller before coming back. Clearly frustrated and reactionary on the other end. And then he uh, was called for a charge on Zeller. But luckily, Bud challenged, challenged the call successfully. Um, something that also was kind of confusing, though, is although, the, although Bud uh, challenged this call successfully um if it wasn't successful then that would be that would be just the bucks uh, i believe that would have been the bucks's uh second to last timeout and then i think the bucks still ended up using their last timeout with still several minutes ago in the fourth quarter in a somewhat close game at that point so that was uh that was uh not to sound redundant but very confusing as a bucks fan to see uh bud make that decision and it didn't prove to Prove to uh, pay dividends as um, Bucks would still end up uh, with two turnovers in a row that led to um, um, that led to a Lamelo ball and one after the Gordon Hayward steal, and then the second turnover was a Lamelo ball steal that led to a Devontae Graham three, which is essentially the dagger uh, in this game. As with a minute and left half in the fourth quarter. Um, uh, the Bucks trotted out a uh, lineup of Dante, Sam Merrill, Jordan Wara, Torrey Craig, and Bobby Portis. Clearly giving up on the game, but but I'm not gonna again, not gonna overreact to that as it was a nine point game with with uh, hardly any time to make up that deficit yet. So we would have had to have gone totally perfect at that point to even have a chance, and still it might not have uh, it might not have uh, resulted in a Bucks victory. One last stat from this game that I heard. Um, that I heard from the broadcast at the close of this game was that the Bucks had only had one field goal from the seven-minute mark of the fourth quarter. Pretty unbelievable, and I haven't double-checked that myself. But, but, uh, but again, uh, I, t- I tend to be- I tend to believe the broadcast, especially if it if it isn't uh, uh, TNT themselves. I'll give uh, the broadcast the benefit of the doubt, I guess. Um, for what it's worth, Giannis Antetokounmpo did close. With uh, impressive stat line, even even in his own right, with uh, 34 points, 18 rebounds, and nine assists. Um, whereas uh, Lamelo Ball came out as um, one of the two top scorers for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, uh, Lamelo and Gordon Hayward ended with 27 points, and Lamelo Ball himself had. Uh, five rebounds and nine assists to go along with that. Uh, so 
Again, real disappointing close to what should have been an easier week for the Milwaukee Bucks, considering our opponents. Um, of course, circumstances made it more difficult, like a back-to-back, and both being away games, but still, we want to take care of business at least against one of those two teams despite the circumstances. But yeah, that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed my top 10 that I shared early on. Uh, if you have any thoughts on that, if I mean, shoot, you can shoot me your own personal top 10 if you want to, and I'll and I'll share my thoughts on it. Or if you just want to, if you just want to share a specific uh, play that you think should have been in there to replace another, you can always uh, engage with me on Twitter, and Instagram at Nuck If You Buck NBA. Use just the letter U, or shoot shoot me an email if that's uh that's your preference at knock if you buck the pot at gmail you there is y-o-u um i um i also have an exciting announcement that i think i will have to make true as i'm sharing on the podcast now but i will be doing another promotion um with you guys to show my appreciation for the listeners i will be doing a similar raffle like i had done before with the rocky rococo's gift certificate and i'm actually going to be giving away uh, a milwaukee bucks um jersey i'm thinking i'm thinking i'm gonna find a hopefully find a fear the deer jersey for uh someone out there who um plans to engage with me but uh the call to action will be the same as before where i'll i'll solely be asking for proof that one is subscribed to the podcast um Seemed a little confusing to listeners, um, as I got kind of some uh, mixed results from that. But all it is is, um, I'm assuming most of you listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. So if you take a screenshot of the Apple Podcast Nuck if you buck page, showing that you have clicked the subscribe button, just take a sh- screenshot, send it, send it to me, and you will be entered into the raffle to win a Milwaukee Bucks um, jersey of your choice. I'm thinking. That that jersey of choice for most would be the Fear the Deer jersey. So, if you want that, or or another jersey similar with a similar price comparison, so cost of Fear the Deer jersey, or less if you want a different jersey, whatever you choose. If you end up winning the raffle, as long as you show me proof that you're subscribed to the podcast, I'd be happy to procure that uh, Bucks jersey for you. So, uh, look out for any. Uh, tweets or Instagram posts uh, with that announcement and I hope to hear from you guys there and with that I'll see you in another life brother if you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start the team at my podcast manager can help our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best we'll help you launch your podcast make it sound great and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit mypodcastmanager.com to get started. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.